are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Unfortunately, our Blackhawks remain winless. Last night, they fell to the Florida Panthers in overtime by a score of 5-4, to four, dropping their record to 0-3-1 through their first four games of the season. However, it's been a steady progression so far, and last night was probably the Hawks' best 60-minute effort of the season. Ultimately, you know, it didn't result in two points. That's obviously always the goal. But despite another loss, I think there were some real positive takeaways from this contest. And one of those, I thought, was Kevin Lankinen, who did, in fact, make his NHL debut last night against the Panthers. I talked on yesterday's episode about Jeremy Colleton and his comments on the goaltending situation and how he said that Lankinen's still very much in this open competition. And what do you know, later that night, he winds up making his very first NHL start. And I was expecting Malcolm Subban to get his second look after we saw Delia go back-to-back in games two and three. I thought Subban would get the start just to even things out. But Carlton went ahead and started his third different goaltender in the first four games, which is something that I'll tell you, that doesn't happen very often in the NHL, I'll assure you that. Um, but I thought Lankinen played pretty well last night for the hand that he was dealt. Most of the goals were either uh, came on breakaways or the defense didn't really give him all that much help. Um, but I thought he made some big saves, you know, to keep the Hawks alive. His best probably came in that overtime period, a cross-crease save there on a three-on-one. So overall, I was happy with Lanks. I know the box score will say he only stopped 23 of 28 shots on goal, and that's a horrible, like, 820 save percentage. But overall, I thought he played well enough to earn another look here in the next couple of games. Another positive takeaway from last night's contest was Dominic Kubalik. Colleton finally gave him some time on the power play, and voila, what do you know? He winds up scoring two power play goals, both on one-timers, his first two goals of 2021. Uh, and he also recorded a primary assist later on in the contest as well. So a three-point night for Dominic Kubalik. He also led the Hawks with seven shots on goal. He was really a madman out there last night, shooting everything he could, which I'm completely fine with. That's his game. You know, Kublik, he's one of those guys that I'm really okay with shooting the puck every time he touches it in the offensive zone because good things seem to happen when he's firing the puck on net. So I was glad to see Colleton finally put him out there with the power play last night, even though it was with the second power play group. Um, but that honestly, I think, gives the two units some balance. But I got to say, one little critique I still have 
for a game that went into overtime, you know, last night was probably 63, 64 minutes were played or something like that. Kubalik still only had just over 14 minutes of ice time. Like, I don't know what this guy has got to do to get 18, 19 minutes consistently. I don't know why Colleton refuses to use him in a normal top six role. I don't know if it's because uh, one thing I've noticed is he tends to play with Pia Suter and Philip Kirishev at the end of the game. Uh, two rookies, he's usually paired up with them down the stretch. But I feel 14 minutes, that's still just absurdly low for probably the top goal scorer on this roster. And speaking of Kirishev, he was another bright spot in the Blackhawks' loss last night. He tallied his first career NHL goal big. Congrats to our guy, Phil. Gotta say, it was a bit of a cheapie, though. It was a wrister from out near the blue line that somehow snuck past Bob Rofsky. But hey, we'll take it. Kirishev will take it. And, you know, he was well-deserving of a lucky bounce after getting robbed a couple of times through his first NHL games. So once again, congrats to Kirishev. Another good showing last night against Florida. Uh, and as I talked about with Kubalik, maybe a reason he's not playing so much is because he's playing with Kirishev right now. Uh, and Kirishev, he still appears to be earning the trust of Colleton, kind of reluctant to play him in meaningful situations. We saw Kirishev only play 10 minutes and 3 seconds last night. And I know it was a close game and... We're trying to get one up in the win column, and we want our best guys out there. But those type of situations are where a guy like Kirishev, I think he can learn the most. I'd, I'd really like to see him get a little more time in those situations down the stretch for the Hawks. Same with Kubalik, as both players were two of the better Hawks in last night's loss to the Panthers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to give a recap of how the Blackhawks got to overtime last night against Florida. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like banana bread, toffee almond, raspberry, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake and apple almond crisp all of which like the other 12 flavors are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft easy to chew and great for the keto diet not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar but they're also a great source for protein and fiber so make sure to go to builtbar.com today and use the promo code locked on in all caps to get 20% off your next order one more time be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use that promo code LOCKEDON in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, then be sure to listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you may listen to your podcasts. All right, I just finished up talking about some positive takeaways from the Blackhawks' fourth consecutive loss to open up the season. 
Moving on now, I wanted to be sure to give a quick recap of the contest for those who weren't able to tune in and also just to kind of give more of a breakdown on how all the goals occurred and everything. So starting with the first period, it was another solid start for the Blackhawks, their third consecutive strong opening frame. However, they did allow a goal for the first time since the opener against Tampa as Carter Verhage cashed in on a breakaway to open the scoring. I think I spelled <laughs> I think I spelled his last name wrong like four different times last night and I probably spelled it four different ways too. Uh oh man, I feel actually horrible for those Panthers beat writers with some of those last names that they have to deal with on that squad. Um but for Hagee, yeah, he opened the scoring after he got behind Ian Mitchell in transition and Calvin DeHaan was late to get over. Lankinen was in, unable to come up with a stop. And the fourth straight game that the Blackhawks have allowed the first goal. Not a recipe for success and probably not a surprise that it's resulted in four consecutive losses. This just isn't a team that's built to be playing from behind consistently. You know, we, we have troubles on offense. We have troubles on defense. So when we're coming from behind, it's almost like we have to play that sort of perfect game of hockey. And everything has to sort of work out perfectly for us to come back and pull off a victory. Then, later in the first period, Hornquist made it 2-0 Panthers on the power play. He stuffed one home down low past Lankinen. This one also, in my opinion, wasn't really his fault because Connor Murphy and Duncan Keith, they just let Hornquist walk right to the front of the net, provide a screen, and, and be Johnny on the spot for an easy goal. And, and that's been a huge problem for this pairing early on for the Blackhawks, especially on the penny, penalty kill. They're just... Letting guys walk right to the front of the net. They're not throwing their body around. They're not making it hard on them. Not even really doing anything to stop them from doing so. And it cost the Blackhawks again here early in this contest when Patrick Hornquist, if you go back and watch the replay, he the Panthers literally win the faceoff. He skates right to the front of the net. Connor Murphy and Duncan Keith give him a little shoulder bump, and then they just let him stand right in front of Lincoln. And I, I, I don't understand it. Fortunately... The Hawks were able to get one back before the end of the period as Kubalik hammered home a one-timer from the blue line on the power play. He got a nice bounce off of a defender for his first goal of the season. Another bright spot early on this year for the Blackhawks has been their power play, surprisingly. They now have a goal in all four games here and currently sport one of the top percentages across the NHL and I really don't think I've been able to say that since Artemi Panarin's been here for sure. The Blackhawks have not had one of the top power plays in the league. So good to see that not only the power play is finding a way to put the puck in the back of the net, but also we have two two power play units that are rolling right now. Dominic Kubalik moving over to that second unit. It's kind of given them some life. And not only, you know, right now we don't have to rely just on that unit of Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, and Dylan Strom and them playing for a minute 40 and not having success like we did last year. Coming into the second period, it was a 2-1 to one score. Uh, the Blackhawks were able to cut the deficit in half thanks to Kubalik leading into the second period, but they weren't able to capitalize on their momentum as Verhage scored his second goal of the night. This one was just a little tap into an open cage after uh, Lankinen made a big stop on a breakaway. It was actually former Blackhawk Anthony Duclair on a breakaway. 
Um, but after Lankanen made the save, the puck just kind of squeaked behind him, and he had no idea where it was. A tough break there for Lanks and the Blackhawks. And once again, the Panthers were able to go up by two goals. But the Hawks once again answered with, uh, you know, they, when they answered here, this was probably their best 10 to 15-minute stretch of the night as Kubelik scored his second one-timer on the power play, and it was assisted by Keith and Walmark, who both assisted on Kubelik's first goal, funny enough. So a two-point night for all three players. And then about 10 minutes later, Patrick Kane had a classic Showtime moment with the top-shelf backhander from just inside the right circle. Truly a thing of beauty and a hell of a way for the Blackhawks to tie it up in the final minute leading into the third. Uh, just a, a classic Showtime moment, backhand, top shelf. And it's moments like those where you really realize how lucky we are to have a game-breaking player like Patrick Kane on our team. I didn't think he played that well overall last night, but that was just an incredible moment to pull the Hawks back into this game. Then, early on in the third period, Philip Kirishev struck for his first NHL goal to give the Blackhawks their first lead of the season. It took the Hawks 12 periods to establish their first lead, um, but I don't know what's sadder. The fact that it took them four games to get a lead or that it took, uh, or, or that their first lead only lasted a full 1 minute and 11 seconds as Patrick Hornquist answered right back, found the back of the net for his second power play goal of the game. And once again, just like his first goal, it was literally a mirror image of the two. Keith and Murphy literally let him rotate right to the front of the net without putting a hand on him, just willingly allowed Hornquist to go screen their goaltender and get the best look at a rebound opportunity. Um, and he was able to provide that screen, and he got a piece of a shot from, uh, a piece of Yandel's shot from the point. And that's seriously the Blackhawks' willingness to allow the opponent to go to the front of the net. That seriously cost this penalty kill, like, Three or four goals at least already this season. I know we're down a man, but that thought process just doesn't make sense at all to me. So I would seriously like to see an adjustment made here as soon as possible because the penalty kill, which was really one of the strong points of this team last year, it just has not looked the same through these first four games, and it cost the Blackhawks two goals last night alone. So then the game moved into overtime, both teams had a couple of great scoring opportunities. Lankinen made his big save of the night on a three-on-one for the Panthers. But then, right around the midpoint of overtime, Barkov made a nice cross-crease feed to Frank Vitrano. He hammered home a one-timer past Lankinen, giving the Panthers the 5-4 to victory. And this one, again, was just a defensive zone breakdown by Duncan Keith. He just gave Vitrano way too much room to shoot that puck. Shoot that puck. If you look at the replay, he sank so far low towards his goaltender, and it's just weird for uh, a guy like Keith to have that kind of breakdown, but it's been oddly common here early on. It seems like he's had at least one or two huge breakdowns in each game so far, whether it be a penalty or bad positioning or, or, or just a poor decision on the penalty kill, whatever it's been. His defense has not been good at all for the Blackhawks so far. I'll give him credit for the four assists that he's picked up in the last two games, but where the Hawks really need him right now is on that top defensive pairing, leading these young guys both on and off the ice. And right now, the on-ice product just has not been good enough from the future Hall of Famer. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's my recap of the Blackhawks' 5-4 overtime loss to the Florida Panthers last night. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about a couple storylines to keep an eye on before the Hawks host their home opener on Friday against the Detroit Red Wings. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first BetOnline.ag deposit. The NFL playoffs are heading into the conference championships. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. NHL hockey has returned. The sports world is absolute madness right now. And there is only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust. And that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and be sure to use that promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may get your podcasts. Okay, I just got done giving a recap of last night's 5-4 5-4 overtime loss to the Florida Panthers. Before I wrap things up today, I wanted to be sure to mention some key storylines to keep an eye on before the Hawks take on the Detroit Red Wings on Friday. First, I forgot to mention that Brandon Hagel also slotted into the lineup last night for the Blackhawks. In addition to Kevin Lankinen, Hagel made his season debut in favor of Matthew Highmore, which was an interesting decision. I don't think Highmore's necessarily been bad or was deserving of a healthy scratch. But I, but more more so, this was about just giving Hagel a look. He was due for one. Um, he, he made his NHL debut last season in the final game of the regular season before the COVID-19 pause. He's someone the Blackhawks have liked for probably the last two years now, ever since they really signed him. And I thought he performed pretty well last night. It didn't result in anything on the stat sheet, but... He picked up right where this fourth line left off with Highmore. They were moving the puck well together all night. Hagel had a couple of really big blocks. He was throwing his body around. Just looked like a solid fourth liner. And with that strong showing, plus, don't forget that Carl Soderberg will likely finally be joining the Blackhawks now that they're traveling back to Chicago. So this forward group is starting to get a little tighter all of a sudden. Don't forget about Brandon Peary as well. So... I just wonder where he, Soderberg, Hagel, and Highmore are going to slot in for uh, the line rushes in the next couple of days of practice heading into Friday's game. Also, Adam Boquist got a little banged up last night. He took a big hit in the second period and fell kind of awkwardly on his right shoulder. He left for the rest of the second period. He went to the Blackhawks dressing room. Uh, Fortunately, he was able to return for the third period in overtime However, 
despite picking up an, another assist last night, Boqua struggled once again on the defensive side of things. It just has not been a pretty start for him in his own zone. And again, I know that it's probably best for him to play through these mistakes early on. Again, we're four games into the season. You don't want to judge a 20-year-old kid off just four games. And I know people are upset for numerous reasons because he didn't look all that good last year and it doesn't look like he's improved all that much. And also people always think that he was the pick after Quinn Hughes. So those two are always compared via of that selection. But I really think that's an unfair comparison because Quinn Hughes, he got a year of playing college hockey while Boquist was playing in the OHL, just two completely different levels of hockey. And Boquist is a year younger. He was only 17 when the Blackhawks drafted him. So I just think people are quick to judge Boquist, especially after just four games here. Um, but with all that being said, I just wonder if Colleton decides to give one of the other young defensemen a look here in the next couple of games. We got Lucas Carlson, Nicholas Bodan, and Wyatt Kalanuck, all three young defensemen who performed well in training camp. Bodan and Carlson both got a look towards the end of the regular season last year. So th those guys are knocking on the door right now, and with Boquist just playing so poorly on the defensive side of things, I just wonder if that warrants a healthy scratch for a game or two, especially with just a couple of guys waiting in the wings for some playing time. Finally, the last thing to keep an eye on is what's going to happen in net. I have absolutely no idea who's going to start for the Blackhawks on Friday. I'd have to guess it's going to be either one of Lankanen or Subban, but as Colleton said, it's truly an open competition right now, so I wouldn't be shocked in the least to see either of the three leading the Hawks out onto the ice for their home opener after each netminder's allowed five goals in all of their starts so far here in 2021. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, January 20th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or you can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can also call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.